Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Um, I am going to handle this one by myself. I had some plans for some guests, but two of them fell through. So it just wasn't meant to be. I am going to first recap the game. Well, first, I'm going to give some thoughts on uh, an apparent policy that the league has that makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, And then I'm going to offer up uh, some thoughts on the actual game and and how that can actually be productive. The Lakers lose to the Sacramento Kings 123 to 120. Uh, they do so without LeBron, without AD, without Alex Caruso, without Marcus Saul. Um, and and look, I, I I saw some things that I liked uh, in this one, and I think the Lakers deserve credit for competing the way that they did. So that'll be in the second segment, and then in the third segment, I. We'll see what we're talking about when we get there. So, <laughs> after yesterday's rant about the, the the refereeing and the problem that the NBA has, uh, the NBA's response was apparently to tell me to hold their beer. Uh, and <laughs> and good Lord. So, in this game, early, earlier in the game, uh, Buddy Heel takes a three-pointer in which the balls of his feet, it wasn't even like, you know, you kind of had to squint to see it. And is there a gap between his foot and the three point line? Maybe, maybe not. You can kind of see it at this angle, but not really at the other angle. No, no, no. His, the balls of his feet were on the three point line. And they, you know, it was one of those situations where the uh, replay center took a look at it. And apparently, after taking a look at it, a referee came back and told Frank Vogel that there is a statute of limitations on making the objectively right call. Like this isn't this isn't a goal ten that can be kind of difficult to see because the technology isn't quite there to be able to see it. This isn't a block or a charge call. This isn't you know somebody dragging their pivot foot that you know, depending on when they picked up the basketball could change whether or not it's a travel. No, no, this is an objectively correct call that per NBA policy was not allowed <laughs> because too much time had take had, had happened or, or passed or whatever, uh, between the play and when they would make the change to the score. And by the way, this wasn't even like it'd be one thing if if let's say in the fourth quarter there was a three-pointer taken and it was at like the five minute mark. And by the time the replay center got to it, you're talking about a uh, a difference of a point with one minute left that completely alters the way that those last four minutes would have been played. Right? Under those circumstances, I kind of understand where it would be coming from that they're deciding they're making that decision. They had all of halftime. This happened before halftime. (laughs) They had plenty of time to go back in there and, and make this change, but chose not to again because too much time had passed early on in a game. And like, it doesn't, I, I honestly didn't care about this game until I heard about this policy. And even still, it's game number 37 out of 72. And the fact that the Lakers competed and uh, some of the guys playing as well as they did is a bigger story than the outcome of the game anyway. 
Like all of that can be true. While I can also point out the fact that this is a <laughs> this is a abjectly stupid policy that the NBA apparently has. That like by the way, the NBA has partners with all kinds of gambling sites and gambling presences, and they're trying to to be one of the absolute leaders in American professional sports and its relationship with the gambling community. The NBA is trying to, and by the way, what I what I mean by all that, like that was a really long way of me saying the NBA is trying to make a bunch of money off of gambling. <laughs> and and one thing that is really important at the end of a game is the total number of points scored <laughs> by either or both both teams. And in this case, I I don't I don't know the lines off the top of my head, but in this case. Imagine the over/under was set at what they they scored two hundred and twenty-three point or no forty-three points. They scored two hundred and forty-three points. Imagine the over/under was set at one or, or two forty-two and a half. Then what? That point kind of sort of matters, <laughs> right? And if that's the case, if the NBA can just decide when they are or are not going to abide by the proper ruling on the court or in the in the replay booth, then why would anybody wager on the sport? And that doesn't even get to the fact like one of our one of our sponsors is betonline.ag. So I'm not telling anybody to like never bet on these guys because contractually speaking that probably isn't very good for me. But I'll tell you right now, I'm a little iffy about it, <laughs> right? What are we doing here, NBA? This, this is this is ridiculous. This is not. This cannot continue. Somebody probably has some answering to do on this one, and and I don't think the Lakers will do it because they don't want to add another half game to their schedule here. But they probably should protest this this outcome. It was early enough in the game. To where and and the game was obviously close enough to where one point down the stretch would have really mattered and really impacted the way that both teams uh, approached the final stretch of this one. And yet here we are, just kind of once again, after a really fun NBA game, the story becomes how stupid the rules are and how piss poor the referees are at making them make any sense whatsoever. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Lakers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Michelob Ultra. Today's Michelob, or this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, is none other than Damian Bleeping Jones. That's right. He of a 10-day contract. He of one start. He of zero total points in this last game is my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week because I say so. No, but also... I just I, I I really do enjoy and we're going to talk about this here in a bit, but I really do enjoy a lot of the things that he brings to the table. And while he didn't score a point in this one, he did impact the game uh, both offensively and defensively. And I think he's somebody who should probably have some staying power, depending on what the buyout market looks like moving forward. 
couple notes on Michelob Ultra. It's a fantastic beer. It only has 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Uh, the the joy that it that it instills in you comes from not only what beer does to you, but also from the fact that you don't feel like you're drinking a super heavy beer. There's nothing worse than that that bloated beer feeling, and Michelob Ultra will never give that to you. And they're asking, hey, does joy create success or does success lead to joy? And I think both can be true here. And and I think uh, the, the joy that the Lakers played with here may not have led to success uh, in this game in particular, but the competition and the way that they approach the game is going to help them moving forward. And, and they did so through joy. So again, that's Michelob Ultra. Check them out. It's the it's the best light beer on the market, uh, and and you're really going to enjoy it. Shouts to Damian Jones, this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Today's show is brought to you also in part by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus over at BetOnline.ag. Uh, today's bet of the day, I'm going to, I'm looking here. So Sacramento is playing at Portland. Both teams are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Too much funny business going on there. Golden State on the second night of a back-to-back is going to be playing the Phoenix Suns. That's where I'm kind of interested here. So I will take Phoenix at minus five and a half at home against a tired Warriors team. Devin Booker is nice and rested because he only played the first half of the other night. And and I just think Phoenix is better overall than Golden State is. So that's where I'm going to be putting my, my doll hairs. And uh, if you want to fade me or follow me, do so at betonline.ag. Again, use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. They have bets on everything. Worldwide, too, by the way. You should check out their entire arsenal of, of, of action that they can that you can participate in. My only request is that if you do any gambling, please do so responsibly. All right, so some some notes on the actual game. And again, the Lakers lose to Sacramento 123 to 120 in Sacramento. Uh, extremely shorthanded and are just mercifully at the All-Star break now. Uh, but I, I do have some thoughts on the actual game and how it can actually be productive for the Lakers moving forward. So one of the things that has kind of plagued the Lakers and, and everybody across the league, but especially the Lakers, is the almost complete lack of practice time. And you know, Harrison has actually been keeping track of, of the amount of practice time that the Lakers have actually had. And between shoot-arounds and actual practices, we're talking about 10 non-game official get-togethers on a basketball court, <laughs> you know, it's it's a ridiculous number given the fact that the Lakers have played 37 games to this point. They have practiced roughly a third of the time. The uh, they have gotten together and had roughly a third of the practices of games that they've played to this point. That's it's tough to instill anything, whether it's opening up the playbook, whether it's understanding defensive rotations and 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 any of those things. It's just it's just a very difficult situation to be able to build anything from a team-wide standpoint. And the people who probably feel this the most, as we've talked about over the course of the year, 
have probably been guys at the end of the rotation who could step in and play a few minutes here and there when the rotation guys become more and more exhausted, as we've seen over the course of this first half of the season. So what you have had is basically LeBron, AD, Marc Gasol, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, all these guys who have either played full, lengthy careers in the NBA and are exhausted because of the circumstances and how different they are from what their bodies are used to over the course of their full, lengthy careers. Or you have guys who played a literal calendar year's worth of basketball in, in last season, had maybe a month off where they could actually turn their brains and bodies off. And, and even then, I'm not even sure it was a full month for, for most of these guys. But they had a month off to where they can just kind of relax and take in the fact that they won a championship and then had to jump right back into getting ready for training camp, eventually having training camp, and then diving right, by, right back into games. So you have these guys who, for one reason or another, are just straight up exhausted. And, and as they hit that wall, because the Lakers haven't been practicing very much, Frank Vogel doesn't trust Alfonso McKinney, or he doesn't trust Devontae Kaycock, or he doesn't trust you know, guys at the end of the bench who he would normally get to see in practice, but they haven't been practicing. And then, you know, you have you sign somebody like Damian Jones to a 10-day contract, and coaches are already kind of reticent to to trusting somebody who might not be there next week. But he's forced into uh playing time in, in this one, as as are Alfonso McKinney, as is you know, Taylor Horton Tucker has played a much bigger role, I think, this year than than he quite frankly was ready for. And Jared Dudley plays 14 minutes. Like just look at look at some of the the, the minutes here, right? You have now to uh I think to Frank Vogel's credit, he nobody went above 34 minutes. Kuzma and Schroeder both played 34. Uh Montrose Harrell played 33. Uh I think that's astonishing. The fact that uh, Vogel was able to to operate with some intelligence here and some understanding of what these guys are, are where their bodies are at. So so that's a great job, on, in my opinion, not pursuing a win against Sacramento the, the, the way that they maybe could have. Uh, but what that meant is that you're getting 15 minutes from Damian Jones. You're getting uh, 14 minutes from Jared Dudley, 16 minutes from Alfonso McKinney. Uh, 16 minutes from uh, Wesley Matthews and 19 from Taylor Horton Tucker. And you, you're hearing some names there who <laughs> neither you or I are particularly comfortable with when they're, when they're out there. But you're also hearing some guys who you've probably wondered over the course of the year, like, what does that even look like? I, I, I personally have really wanted to see Alfonso McKinney out there a little bit more this year. I obviously have been beating the drum for Damian Jones. And... And what a game like tonight does for Frank Vogel is he now has some film that he his brain can process and now more comfortably trust some of these guys. And that means a lot for a coach. Like I, I'm, I'm saying this as a former coach. 
if I never had an opportunity to see a player in practice over the course of, of a week as we're getting ready for a big game, I didn't feel very comfortable having that player play in that game because I don't know where that bo- where that where that player's body is. I don't know where their player that player's head's at. I don't know what's going on there. Now, obviously, if it's if it was one of my better players, I would find a way to to get more comfortable. I would just be inherently more comfortable because it was one of my better players. But for people at the end of the bench who you need to have prove themselves, that that situation doesn't really present itself over the course of this kind of a season. So tonight's game, I think, offers a pretty cool opportunity for Frank Vogel to now have that stored in the back of his mind so that when the Lakers start to look more and more tired, we can maybe start to see some of those guys who prove themselves a little bit tonight make their way into a game every so often in ways that we didn't see in the first half of that uh, of this season. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a quick second here. What I'm going to do is offer up a couple combinations based on what we've seen to this point of guys playing alongside rotation players to where some of their flaws can be mitigated and some of their strengths can be built up. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts, Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you will visit a family business that has been doing this for over two decades now. Uh, and you are going to find the best collection of parts that you can possibly find on the internet. Uh, it is getting insane. <laughs> the, the, the more high-tech these cars get, the more difficult it is to find the proper part. And that makes it all the easier for the big companies to mark up all of the parts that you might need should anything go wrong with your car. Well, rockauto.com is here to help you avoid all of those kinds of messes uh, as best you can. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil. Uh, Your car needs carpet. They have that too. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. And most importantly, the prices you see are going to be the same for everybody, regardless of your driving background. So again, head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and then write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right. So what we've seen Let's just go over the guys who I think should have had more minutes over the course of the year, given the circumstances that the Lakers are playing the season in, and and uh, and then kind of go from there. So first and foremost, somebody who I would like to have seen get more minutes over the course of the season so far has been Alfonso McKinney. So he's a six seven wing 
who isn't going to, you know, take you by storm in terms of, oh my God, this guy is incredible. Uh, but what he is, is he's a pretty good athlete. Uh, he's in, he's not a very good shooter. <laughs> he's hit some nice threes and, and, and if he's wide open, which he's going to be, uh, he might occasionally knock them down, but that's not really where his strong suit is because he's a pretty good athlete. He's capable in some situations defensively, though he will have some, some fairly major lapses. I think he was a minus 19 in tonight's game. Now the minus 19 and plus and minus in a game like tonight is a little easier to write off. Even, even the way that I look at plus minus is, is easy to, to kind of just disregard is because you have so many guys playing together for the first time that it's just, it's, they're already at a talent deficiency. And then on top of that, they don't really have any chemistry. And so you're going to have some outlandish plus minus kind of numbers here, right? Where guys who are more comfortable playing and playing together, they're going to look better, right? So KCP didn't have a spectacular game statistically, but was a game high plus 20 just because he had played before with some of these guys. Whereas Alfonso McKinney did not, and 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 you could really kind of see it with some of the defensive lapses, some misunderstandings on rotations and stuff like that. So, uh, and and by the way, like those defensive lapses, that also unfortunately, even while I say everything that I did in the first in, in the in the second segment about hey, Frank Vogel can finally start to trust some of these guys. Well, Vogel being the defensive coach that he is, some of the defense stuff is is really going to stick with him. And, and, and that might get in the way of, uh, somebody like Alfonso McKinney getting any kind of minutes moving forward. All that said, if you're trying to find a way to sneak him into a lineup and, and, uh, you know, kind of save somebody from himself over the course of the season, I think McKinney makes a lot of sense playing alongside LeBron uh, and, and with a, a team or a lineup completely filled with shooters, right? So if you're going to have, if you can find a way to have a KCP, Kuz, McKinney, LeBron, and like Gasol lineup or AD lineup, I think that's where McKinney can, you know, he can, he can, spell Schroeder for a little bit, even if it's through some kind of janky math across the rotation, right? Or if you're looking for a way to spell Kuzma, is McKinney going to do, is he the shooting threat that Kuzma is? Obviously not. But can he do some of the hustle things that has made Kyle Kuzma as valuable as he's been so far this year? I would say so. And so can, can, you know, over the course of the season, can, Every so often, you throw McKinney out there just to kind of spell Kuzma a little bit and and have those 32-minute uh, nights become 28-minute nights and, and thus make him fresher for the playoffs? I would say so. For LeBron, for example, so if you have enough creativity out there, so probably Dennis Schroeder and maybe Montrez and AD or... or uh, Dennis Schroeder and Gasol are out there, 
and you just need somebody athletic to do athletic player things, you can throw McKinney out there and 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 see if you can get by decently enough with a lineup like Schroeder, KCP or Caruso, McKinney, AD and Gasol, or Keefe and AD, or you know so on so on and so forth. Just so long as you have two other creators out there, because what McKinney is never going to be particularly good at is creating for 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 teammates. Is there a situation where you can spell KCP or is Wesley Matthews looking like he's running in, in cold molasses? All right, let's throw McKinney out there and see if we can inject some energy into this game. Just some ways that you can change the look of the game or offer some rest to some guys that are desperately looking for rest. The Lakers have eight back-to-backs over the course of the next what they played 37 games so they've played they they have 35 remaining and that means 16 of their 35 games are going to be played in back-to-back kind of situations so guys are going to get tired over the stretch they have a seven game road trip coming up they have you know even even homestands aren't particularly easy just because you're playing every night or every other night so can McKinney hop in there and and spell some guys every so often? I I would say so, based off of what we've seen, what little we've seen, obviously, but what we've seen from McKinney thus far. And obviously, like I've been banging the the Damian Jones drum, but on this one, so it's funny, he plays 15 minutes, doesn't score, grabs one rebound, blocks one shot, has three personal fouls. He's a plus one on the night. For the most part. Statistically speaking, he may as well have not even been there. What he did, though, was his gravity around the rim and as a roller opens a lot of things up. Like you, I, I'm going to go back and watch, and, and I'm hoping to grab some clips, um, and I'm sure other people are over the course of the next 24 hours or so are going to grab some clips of just how open guards tend to be on screens that he sets because the defense has to be wary of the way that he is capable of rolling to the rim. Is he as good as JaVale? No. Is he as good as Dwight? Obviously not. Is there hopefully somebody better than Damian Jones on the buyout market over the course of the season? Hopefully, but we'll see. But if Damian Jones is all that the Lakers are kind of left with here, I do think he provides some value. And especially given the stuff that I've been saying all along here, where the Lakers are going to be exhausted. I'm telling you guys this right now, that some of the stuff that we've seen over the last few weeks, we're going to see exactly that probably as soon as a month from now, because this season has been insanely taxing. These last two seasons combined have been insanely taxing, and the guys that are asked to do heavy lifting for the Lakers, whether that's LeBron or Anthony Davis, they're doing a ton of heavy lifting and they're going to get tired. And as those guys get tired, you're going to see guys asked to fill larger roles than maybe they're uh, equipped to try to fill. And they're going to start to get tired. And as all of this roster has this trickle down fatigue effect, 
you'd like to be able to just throw somebody else in there and and just play four or five minutes here in the first half, play four or five minutes maybe in the second half, and and with those ten minutes, lower the the amount of of physical taxation and mental taxation, by the way, that you are hoisting upon your your stars over the co- course of a season. I just I you know I I'm I'm fully on board with the idea of Damian Jones as a spark plug and as somebody who adds a different element to the offense that the Lakers haven't had the, thus far. Is he going to play every night? Hell no. <laughs> when everybody is healthy, he's probably going to play every third or fourth game, I would imagine. He's going to have more off nights than on. But on those in those games where the Lakers are playing against a more athletic big or uh, an undersized front court that Jones can take full advantage of because he's giant and athletic, then yeah, I, I think that's where he can really show you some value. Uh, and and again, it's just like Pete and I have talked about. It's like a club in in your in your golf bag or a pitch in your repertoire as a pitcher. Just being able to throw different looks at uh, a, a defense or at a team in general is really valuable. And I think Damian Jones really helps in that regard. Hopefully over the course of the season, we get opportunities like that for Devontae Kaycock or even Kosas Atentucompo. But I, I, I see that as, as, as less likely given the fact that even on a night where the Lakers were missing three starters and one of its uh, their most important role players, Kaycock and uh, Kosas weren't able to get off the bench. So I think Kosas might be dinged up. Uh, even while that is going on, they aren't able to get off the bench. And and so, yeah, that's, that looks like the season that they're going to be having. But those guys that did play tonight, I thought played more than well enough to be able to, to convince Frank Vogel to, to go to them in the second half of the season when you have to extend your, ro- your, your rotation every so often just to keep guys relatively fresh when the games really start mattering. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Pete and I will be back tomorrow to wrap up the first half of this Lakers season. Uh, Until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.